Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. Ben Vallis here, or as I go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. Coming up on the show, the full rundown, at least from the Celtics perspective of the Team USA campaign in China for the World Cup. And a little bit later, we would be remiss if we did not spend a sizable amount of time discussing one of the best national basketball teams in the world, literally, those bloody Aussie boomers, as well as just the FIBA tournament in general and some spicy upcoming Celtics dates in the very, very near future. But first, a very warm welcome back to Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. He's been off gallivanting around Europe, around the globe for the last month or so. Now he is back, Jackson. Welcome back, man. How's things? Very good, man. Very good. I've missed, uh, I've missed discussing basketball. You know, I had to put up with, uh, with fine European weather and women and booze and not working and stuff. But now I'm back with my boys talking about the Celtics. This is where I want to be. It's good to be back. Back Thank home, you. back home, back in the locker yeah, room. Yeah. It's good to have you back, man. For sure. And uh, of course, from across the Tasman over there in New Zealand, home of the highest points per game team in the FIBA World Cup, it is Joe, a.k.a. Nose Gross McFly. Joe, what's happening, man? Man, I'm a proud Kiwi. Um, and why yeah, not? Um, yeah, man. Um, what? Well, just to recapitulate some of our little pre-game discussion, I have enjoyed the hell out of this tournament, man. It has Absolutely. been so much fun, eh? So much fun. Been having a great yeah. time. It's the it's the cushiest off-season um, of all time, maybe, since I've been following basketball. The, the amount of Celtics at the tournament... Mm. Uh, the amount of success from Australia and um, like individual success from some of the New Zealand players even that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, there's been a lot to be excited about and to remain excited about. Um, let's get right into it then. The Celtics heavy team USA were knocked out of the FIBA World Cup by the Frenchman last night. Let's start off with this question and get rolling from there. Uh is the entire Boston Celtics organization to blame, guys? Because that's the very popular theory out there, out there on the interwebs, and I'm, I'm starting to worry. So, uh, well, what are your thoughts on, on this theory? Um, I, I feel like that we're always, the Celtics were always going to catch some flack from this team um, unless they, they won it, and it was purely because of those four. Like, I think they would have, if we had ended up winning it, they would have said that, you know, it was all about Donovan Mitchell and Joe Harris and things like that. I think they would find some way to, you know, push the Celtics out of the... Um, out of the praise but um no i i'm not really of course i'm not to blame at all you know there was a lot of players there who looked kind of disinterested from from day one and you know this is hindsight and everything i'm sure they all wanted to win it very much so but um i mean i, I read i read something on on our nba like one of the more saner comments it was like what's the point of of what's the incentive of americans going to you know the FIBA world cup you know on the back of you know maybe the olympics coming the season after and a sea and a whole full season to go in between you know if you win then you're meant to win so good for you mm -hmm. but if you lose then you're a national embarrassment and you know everyone's you know shitting on you and and you might get injured as well too so yeah um i certainly don't blame the celtics i think it's i think all the team together was probably just not really at the races to be honest yeah that that um sort of no win kind of um kind of dynamic that you've you've pointed out there like i don't know man like like i get that that's clearly what's happening um but i i just i just feel like there's just something missing out like this is just a festival of basketball and you know what is so refreshing about this is and as much, i love the transaction game we all love the transaction game right we love the trades we love the draft this this the World Cup is just like one hundred percent about the games. There's yes. nothing else. Yeah, it's just pure basketball. You know, um, pure and, is the right word, definitely. Yeah, and, and and 
you know, it, I feel like these these you know the big timers, not just not just the guys in the states, but Ben Simmons looking at you, <laughs> Stephen Adams nice. definitely looking at you. You know, like these guys who couldn't show up from from other countries, yeah. um, that they're missing out. It's it's just been so awesome. I, I, yeah, and and I feel like in terms of to relate it back to the Celtics, man. First of all, our boys made positive contributions. Um, Kimber had a tough game, but um, but Jason Tatum made really positive contributions when he was out there. Marcus Smart was awesome that mm-hmm. last game. Jalen Brown looked really good from the nail, and and I also think like. It's fair to have a loose expectation that the states were going to win. That you know, I think we talked about this. BNA, we sort of we sort of said states of the field. Mm. And I think I probably had the states ahead of the field. Yeah, but just. not by, but just like it's it's not like I was. It's not like I thought it was a sure thing that they would win. It was very much an open possibility that they would lose. And mm. it's a it's a one game knockout tournament. Anything can happen, and so it happens that they lost. I don't think it has any bearing. It's 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 its own entity, eh? International basketball. Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. And like, just to be very clear, I do not think the Celtics or any Celtic is to blame for this loss um, or for the sort of subpar performance in general throughout the tournament of Team USA. That's just the narrative out there on RNBA, which is, let's be honest, just a cesspool of <laughs> idiotic nephews. But um, there, were, there were a lot of positives to take away. And like, like, would you disagree? Like, can we not say that Campbell? was the best player on Team USA for the entire tour, pre, like the, yeah. the pre-tournament games and everything. He was by far yeah. the standout player and got them to that point. You know, players have shitty games from time to time. That was a unfortunately timed shitty game from, from Kemba there. Bad timing because it's knocked him out of the tournament. But um, he's been great up until this point and, and very much the leader yeah. and go-to the player on the team. The reason was like, what a coincidence he had a bad game and they lost. Exactly, you know? so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know how you know this is because when I'm watching Aussie versus the States, right? And I'm hoping Aussie knocks him off. And Kemba's got the ball in his hands. I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. like that sort of, to me, it sort of says it all about where, you know, about about really you you really get a feel for who's good when you're um you know who you're scared of as a really good proxy for mm. who's actually good sure I think. yeah so staying on the Celtics topic for a little bit there and heading into the upcoming season obviously there's been a, a roster reshuffle from the Celtics side of things did we see any notable improvements from our Celtics bros throughout this tournament um, that perhaps Brad might be able to harness as far as how he designs his offense or even his defense in the case of Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown heading into this next season. Were there any notable differences, something that someone showed you that was new that you were maybe surprised about? Um, I really like Jalen Brown from the nail, um, particularly against this, when France went small. Jalen Brown catching the ball at the, at the nail, was a re- I just thought that was a really effective spot for him to work from. Um, you know, he's one dribble and he's into his pull up. Yeah, I just thought, I thought that it, it, to me, it suggested that he might be our power forward. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Brown in the post was uh, an exciting uh, new addition to his game. Like, he's definitely showed us flashes of that in his short career so far. Um, and I think he still has a lot of work to do finishing some of those moves, but. He was able to get those shots off um, with some surprising ease and consider the the size of the competition and that it's been a, a largely big man dominated tournament. Teams with good 
dominant big men have, have been successful so far, and yet Jalen's been able to get his shot off. Uh, not all of them all of them are going down, but um, like he really does have some good agility and some good movement there in the lane. Um, it's strong, man. Yeah, and it look you know? it looks mm. fucking cool. Like if he can, he's got mm. the flat top, and you know he's got all the style, and you add those like shimmies and those those cool post moves. Like it's very aesthetically pleasing. And then you add Marcus Smart to that. Uh, like you mentioned, Jalen at the four, offensively and defensively. Uh, and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown defending the pick and roll just against France last night. Um, mm. Such a switchable combination in that pick and roll defense. And either of them could switch on to Gobert and actually stood a chance, which is fucking crazy that so <laughs> either of those guys could actually stand a chance uh, guarding Gobert in a pick and roll. Um, but like they had a lot of success and that's when you know the USA actually clawed back and, and it looked like they were going to run away with it. So that was really interesting. And I bet... Um, Brad's just like licking his lips back home in Boston, just considering how he's going to employ that throughout the season for uh, for Boston. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, I think um, I think Popovich clearly took a little bit of a shine to Brown. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, and and um, I, I just I think Brown is clearly a player who has confidence issues from time to time. That's why he, you know. That's why he misses laps. because <laughs> he's he goes up and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm not gonna miss a lap because we because I do that all the time, mm-hmm. right? You know, when, when you're thinking about yeah. the bricking the first free throw, well, lo and behold, you brick it. And I think having someone other than Stevens just have real faith in him is, um, you know, I think it'd be really cool for for him mentally. Do you think uh, Popovich might be tempted to uh, try and t- sign him in the off season? He's up for a he's up for a strict. Yeah, off off a sheet. Do the Celtics yeah. a solid and sign him to a really benef- really favorable offer sheet? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean that way you could. <laughs> it would um, it would uh, yeah. I would, I would have even two minds about that. But no, if I was going to say if he's taking a shine to him, I've obviously he's always struck me as a as a Spurs kind of player for some reason. I don't know why. Just like, maybe this doesn't have like much of like an ego or is like more cerebral or anything like that. But I don't know. Maybe Popovich saw enough of him to potentially you know go after him in the in the off season. But that's just you know speculation. So curious. Yeah, I think Jalen could be a superstar in his role. You know, he's mm. sort of he's not like he's not exactly like Danny Green. Like Danny Green can't dribble, but he is a little bit like it. And that he, to me, Jalen is at his best when he's operating within a super defined role and is just super aggressive within that role. Mm. You know, like towards the end of last year, like if he got the rebound, he was pushing it hard. And and um, I just feel like when you give him like stuff like that and you switch off the just let him switch to instinct a little bit. I think he plays a little better, you know? Sure. Which is funny for a guy who's, you know, sort of um, kind of reputed as being very cerebral, you know, and I'm sure he is um, in real life, but um, it just sort of seems to suit his mental makeup a little bit better to just like, I'm trying to think like if he was in rugby, I just, I couldn't imagine him as a first five. He'd have to be like a flanker. Like you'd have to just be all aggress all all aggression all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Jalen on rails. Hopefully I mean that's Jalen on rails. I love it. <laughs> that's that's noted by uh maybe maybe Popovich and, and Brad Stevens share a conversation over the phone after this tournament and uh and pop imparts some of this uh how to use Jalen wisdom onto him. Well we'll see. Um Jason Tatum, we haven't seen him in the last couple of games. Very scary ankle twisty moment making the game winning play 
to Chris Middleton to, to win that game against Turkey. But um, like I was just watching it and I wasn't watching anything sort of below the knees. So I didn't realize that it happened in the time. He makes that pass. They win the game. And then it just cuts to these coaches like helping Jason Tatum off the court. And yeah. I'm like, there goes that season, freaking out immediately. I'm like, it's an ACL, <laughs> it's an Achilles. <laughs> like my mind is going to dark it places. Like, it was a, it was a dark late. half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. Yeah, and it was late. And so then I'm lying in bed, just like super wide awake, <laughs> just like waiting for the tweets to come in. Um, I just saw him walking around yeah. so healthy in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's fine. And he did show us some, like just sort of sticking to the, like what new stuff have we seen from our guys? bit of playmaking there from Jason Tatum, I thought. Um, mm. Obviously didn't shoot particularly well, which is a shame because he, he shot quite well in the in the warm-up games and uh, um, by all accounts in uh, the training camp for Team USA. Uh, but his playmaking, his rebounding, his pushing it up the court like he did in that game-winning play um, has all sort of been very promising. We saw flashes of that in the last couple of seasons, but uh, it was a lot more consistent in Team USA. Um, do you guys agree with that? Or do you, are you happy with what you saw from Jason Tatum? For the the brief sample size we got, I was I was quite satisfied. I mean, um, you know, we're still waiting for him to have the big breakout and like you know, they just be perfect as like we all believe he can be. But look, I mean, I was from what we saw of it, it was fine. Like you talk about like the game winning play when he got the rebound, pushed it down the court, and then passed it off. Like don't forget, it was his you know two out of three fair. He did miss one to to win it, but like you know, he had to sink two free throws after the buzzer to yeah. to get it to overtime. So you know that was you know you wouldn't say it's a totally a clutch play, but you know still still big to cut to do to um. Um, hit those two shots. Um, but... of, all, of all the Celtics having to shoot clutch free throws yeah, on the yeah. basis of this tournament, I think he would be the one I, uh, I want. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, especially given what we saw from from Marcus last night, uh, which is so out of character. He's yeah. money from the free throw line. Like he's an eighty percent free throw shooter. You know, like mm. it's so. I, odd. I feel like that percentage goes up in very clutch, yeah. dire moments as well. So, sure. yeah. Yeah, anyway, I, I really liked what, what I saw from Jason Tatum. I was disappointed to not... Um, like, I thought maybe last night it would have been a really good opportunity for him to try and assert himself a little bit because some of the guys, um, namely Campbell Walker, Donovan Mitchell, and then there were flourishes from other guys as well, but were, were trying to to take hold of the game themselves and, and be that one person who um, stepped up and won the game. And I was disappointed, obviously as a Celtics fan that Jason Tatum didn't have the opportunity to try and step up there as well. Mm. Um, unsure at this point, it's, uh, it's 8 PM now in Sydney, the game against Serbia starts at 9 PM. Unsure if you'll play against Serbia, probably not given the, uh, the ankle concerns there, but, um, you know, we might get to see a little bit of, uh, Jason Tatum yet. Who knows? <laughs> I, this game's interesting. Um, not to abruptly switch subjects too much, but like, I almost feel like for Serbia, if they beat the States, it's almost like it salvages the entire World Cup for them. Yeah, I think that applies <laughs> to both teams a little bit because they're both powerhouses. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, there's a reputational salvage operation going on for both teams at the moment. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Almost, you're, you're right. You're right, Joe. Though I think it would feel, I think it would feel way more like like almost like a minor victory if Serbia could do one over the states rather than if the states it would be almost like saving face to a degree. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah, there'd be more incentive for Serbia to um to go after it. Here's the thing though: there's two World Cups. There's the beating of the states. That's one World Cup, and then there's totally. the actual trophy. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it'd be better to beat them, you know, in a game that mattered towards the competition. But yeah, I think for sure Serbia will be up for it. So the states better be, man. 
Um, Serbia would love nothing more than to blow them out like they were Angola or something. <laughs> Heading over to Celtics Reddit um, from the post-game thread. So user King of Pants writes, can we put a hold on all the Jalen Brown plus all of our picks and firstborns for Miles Turner? Can we put a hold on all of those posts now, please? Miles um, Turner sure. kind of got played out of the game slash Pop got grumpy and kept him out of the game. There were times there where it looked like it would be good to have any big man on in the game, on the court, defending Rudy Gobert. Um, I know we sort of talked about this a little bit before the tournament and after the season, particularly after the, the Pacers' first-round series. Uh, where do you guys sit with that now? Uh, I've, I've kind of backed off it a little bit, just as, as King of Pants is saying here. Like, it wasn't a particularly strong showing from Miles Turner throughout the tournament. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up Brown and a, and a bunch of picks and, and and our kids and dogs or whatever for for Miles Turner. No, he's a, he's a he's a nice player. I think definitely you know capable of you know of improving and being you know, really 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 good. But um, at the moment, no, I I think I could. I think I'm past the whole you know. Not to say this won't happen because it absolutely can, but I think I'm just past the whole like I've, I've given up. It's left my mind the whole trading Jalen Brown, trading Jason Tatum thing. Like we just had a whirlwind of that like two or three months yeah. ago, and it's like settled down. So like the trades like the last thing from my mind now, which obviously doesn't mean it, it won't happen. But um, no, I can't see that being a popular opinion really amongst too many people, unless I'm wrong. No, yeah, I mean put it this way, and I think I'm paraphrasing you here, Joe. What Jalen Brown could be is a little spicier than what Miles Turner could be. And therefore, it makes sense to hang on to Jalen Brown. That's really the crux of it at this point. Is that is that basically what you said before? I think so. That's pretty much how I feel. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like yeah, like what Jalen Brown, like he's just at a position of need, you know. And <laughs> um, and you, even if he's 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 flawed, he's really flawed. Like the bricking of the laps and the free throws and stuff like that like drives me crazy but um but he can really make an impact from from the wing and that is where the NBA is NBA games are won and lost it's you know it's your it's your two three big twos big threes you know those are the guys that win games for you yeah it's so interesting how like there are some subtle maybe I guess maybe not so subtle rule changes in the FIBA tournament but the game feels quite different. And it's so interesting to see, like, in terms of individual talent, Team USA are probably the most individually talented team. But there are all these really well-coalesced, um, high-chemistry international teams that have been playing together for so long. And it's just so interesting to see, like, how, in, you know, in the case of the game last night, how, how much they were easily able to assert themselves against Team USA uh, and I feel like other teams like Turkey, who should have won that game, were able to do the same thing. And yet, in the NBA preseason, we get these international teams around, like Real Madrid and Barcelona and, and stuff like that, who come and play against NBA teams, like kind of crap NBA teams, like Charlotte, and mm. they always get blown out. So, I'm not really sure what to make of that. Like, obviously, they're playing NBA rules in those preseason games, but these are you know good international teams with good, talented players who you know really thrive in, in the FIBA tournament level. Um, it's just interesting to note the difference there. Like these NBA players for Team USA are clearly are just a little out of their element, just a little uncomfortable despite all of the lead up to this tournament. Um, it's just clearly such a change, such a difference, even though these rule changes seem quite subtle to us from an external perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep coming back to the fact this is in all likelihood the USA like C or D team. 
You know what I mean? Like if, if it was the if it was the best players, you know, there would be it would be probably just impossible for anyone else to win. However, having said that though, to your point, like it's funny how like it, it, it does the, the the better the team plays, which should always be the case, like is normally always gonna be the result. Like Greece, for example, you know, solid team with Giannis like at their disposal should have just really been like somewhere around this stage of the tournament. But it just didn't work because we could see that Giannis wasn't being utilized, you know, correctly. It's like his his skill set and his, you know, uh, his game suits NBA rules far more than obviously the the international format, and you can blame that on the coach or the guys around him as well too. But you know he was nowhere near as individually impactful as he was for the Bucks. So yeah, it, it's, it is its own different thing. And I, I keep tripping out every time the, it, the ball hits the rim, and then you have all these arms trying to like flail yeah. it and knock it around. <laughs> My brain hasn't like hasn't gotten hasn't set to that yet. It's still it's bizarre, but it makes it so much more um, just edge of your seat. You know what I mean? I think that the court definitely feels smaller. Like it was a um the, the Tall Blacks a few of the guys in the Tall Blacks have been um like podcasting throughout the tournament, mm. which has been quite quite cool to listen to. Um, um and they talked about after the about the Greece game, they said people keep asking them what's it like to play Giannis and they're like, It's it's FIBA, like he's not actually NBA MVP. Giannis, this is a smaller court, like it's physically smaller. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He's not surrounded by the same shooters. Um, and like New Zealand was guarding him with like Findelaney. Like Findelaney is like, <laughs> like Findelaney's a good player, man, but he's like, he's like a six, 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 seven white guy. Um, you know, and like Rob Lowe was matching up with him a lot. Like Rob Lowe Rob is Lowe. like Gumby ass, you know. <laughs> I love um, it. That's, that's unfair to Rob Lowe. <laughs> Alex Pleasure, on the other hand, no, but but um, very talented actor, by the way, Rob Lowe. Right. Love Jim Wayne's well. Yeah, he is. He's just got beautiful eyes. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> but Al Horford is jealous of his eyes. But uh, <laughs> um, I guess okay. A couple of things. FIBA is a higher like international basketball is a higher level. Like it just is the standard is just higher than club. Sure, you know, like um. I think the second thing is, and we all know this, right? But like, dudes just have a different mentality when they're playing for their country. They just do, you know. Like they, they always. I don't know in in Australia, but I'm sure they do. They probably talk about how guys grow another ten feet when they put the the green and gold on, you know. Or that, that's probably <laughs> spot on. Always, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they always, you know, they always talk about the All Blacks being like, you know, like they're ten feet tall when they're, they're, and there's something to that. There's something to that, like just that dynamic of representing your country. Yeah, and the states are always going to be on a hiding to nothing against that because they, they just clearly it doesn't seem. I don't want to say that it's true for this team necessarily, but across the NBA or across the eligible pool of players, there's not that same pride in the jersey and all those jingoistic sort of things that we get sort of down here in the antipodes but but it's a thing like it's a real thing mm-hmm. and and the states don't get a, a kick from that um and then there's just the you know the natural um the natural ebb and flow of, or, or the natural variation that you get from one game which is such a leveler um if someone's got a t- having a bad shooting night you sag off them a little bit and then all of a sudden for that 40 minutes that's the other thing. Small. It's a forty-minute game, not yeah. a forty-eight-minute sure. game. Mm, like that yeah. adds up, man. Yeah. Um, th- there's just a lot more opportunity for variability. Um, and I guess lastly, like you get generations of players playing together. Like a club team d- 
doesn't necessarily have a generation of, of players. It can do. But, like, take Aussie. Like, Mills, Bogut, and Ingles have been playing together for approximately, like, for the better part of 20 years, right? Like, in, in mm. age group rep teams and that. Sure. Like, that's a lot of institutional knowledge. Totally. Man. That's so much. And the States can never have that because they're always going to have this revolving door of players. Yeah, and I guess the the downside of that, looking at Serbia, is they've clearly had uh, like a consistent system for a while, and that saw Jokic in kind of a limited role. I think that was really it was weird, eh? Yeah, yeah. like silly. I mean, he should be. They should be basically playing Denver Nuggets basketball with him, right? Like, surely there's mm. enough of a sample size to be like. It's kind of like how the Boomers play with Bogut. Like, let's get Jokic the ball yeah. in the high post and, and you know, run some curls and screens around him and get some guys open and, and make mm. him the playmaker. And yet he's just this kind of like secondary power forward. It's very, it's very so odd. funny. It's like Bogut has, has Jokic's role. <laughs> the the role that Jokic plays in the NBA is is the role like, that Bogut plays in FIBA yeah. and vice versa, you know? Yeah, it's like Jokic is Bogut light, which is crazy to say <laughs> as far as the tournament's concerned. Tell your Denver Nuggets, mate, that. <laughs> yeah, I will. That's hilarious. I will. Uh, I mean, let's, we may as well just segue right into the Boomers now and, and the Greater World Cup. Um, be waiting to say this, checkmate. The Boomers <laughs> took down Checked the Czech them. Republic in the quarterfinals and now advanced to the semifinals to play Spain tomorrow night. Tomorrow is my wife's birthday and we have dinner reservations that coincide exactly not almost exactly exactly with that game so i'm out for that so go the boomers um we're talking about patty mills earlier he's currently ranked third in scoring (laughs) for all players all players in the tournament shooting oh who's he behind just incidentally (laughs) some a a korean isn't it top scorer and then some dude from new zealand i never heard of him that would be Corey (laughs) webster okay look we can talk about boomers they're still in the tournament but i'm just gonna have to take a little time out and beat my little chest a little bit i've been waiting all day to hear this let's let's get into it First of all, we're ranked 38th in the world. My ass, we're the 38th best team in the world. A lot, of, at, a lot of nations t- in the world. That's pretty There's good. a lot of nations in the world, but 37 of them aren't better than us. <laughs> 15 tops. Sure. Like, it's um, fair, I think. Corey, yeah. Corey Webster, like, you probably know I'm watching him unless you're in New Zealand, but he was a flipping flamethrower this tournament. Like, look at his stats. He got, like, he shot 50% on threes. Now, it's pretty hard to do that over five games. He was incredible, man. And it just, to me, it reinforced that, especially in this tournament, the difference between, say, say Corey Webster's like the 750th best player in the world, worst case. The difference between 750 and like number 50 in the world is like nothing. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a 40-minute game, it's nothing, man. Like, in truth, the, the, the Corey Webster of this tournament was a better player than any of the American guards. Like, that's, like, I'm telling you, like, we played the same teams. Corey Webster killed it, and Donovan Mitchell did not. Now, I'm not saying Donovan Mitchell's a better player at all, but I'm just saying that the gap is so much smaller than we think it is. Sure. And the NBA has a way of bearing out, like, the the gradations in that talent a little more. You know, just 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 for sheer volume of sample. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to first sing Corey Webster's praises, and second and third of all, um, I'm losing track of my numbers here. But <laughs> I just wanted to say 
this Tall Blacks team reminded me so much of our 2015 Cricket World Cup team. Uh-huh. Um, and the 2015 Cricket World Cup team is actually a little more special to me than the 2019 one, which, due to incredibly unfortunate circumstances, managed to tie and lose. The uh, tied the final and twice and lost it. But anyway, um, they played the game like like for fun. Like they really did. Man, the Tall Blacks were just pushing it. Like I couldn't believe it. Mm. And I was really excited for New Zealand basketball. I was like, this is an identity that we can get behind because we're small. Like we breed kind of small athletes. Stephen Adams is such an outlier. And um, But, you know, we're going to... We're gonna pop up, you know, the odd six foot six guy that, that can that can go pretty hard and um yeah, I just felt really optimistic for our country, like having an identity, you know, like we talk about teams having an identity in the NBA. It's the first time I felt like we had one as a basketball, you know, as in for New Zealand basketball. Anyway, yeah. in rant, I was really excited about our team and really, really proud of how they performed. And can you, can you still qualify for the Olympics? Yeah. New Zealand? Sweet. There's a, it's very hard. I mean, like, we're going to be trying to beat Serbia, Greece. No. You know, like, it's a murderer's row, eh, to try and get in Canada yeah. if they send a real team, you know? But, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty hard for us. Doable. Like, we can totally do it. That's the cool thing about this tournament. Like, literally, it feels like any team almost can beat, or anyone in the top 20 teams can beat any of the other teams. Yeah, no, that's really cool, man. I mean, I've been so wrapped up in the the Celtics on Team USA and the Boomers that I, I didn't spend a lot of time watching the Tall Blacks. But it's it's cool to hear you know what you're saying about them having an identity for maybe the first time, well, the first time in a while on the international circuit. So that that's really cool. I really hope they qualify for the Olympics because, like as we've talked about, I think on the last episode, there is this like co fandom that happens when we go up against totally. big teams like Spain, like USA, like Serbia, where we cheer for one another. It gives you another hundred percent. Gives you another dog of the race and it just kinda of makes everything more exciting. So I I like that that kind of international brotherhood when it's like us versus the Northern Hemisphere. That's that's really cool. Um do you mind if I if I shift yeah, back over I'm to done. the boomers a little? I just <laughs> I want to talk I'm about d- the boomers because uh, the the first because you should be proud of them as man. The boomers oh. have been awesome. <laughs> so so happy. Tell you what, um, yeah. I was listening to um, formerly the the starters. Now they're called the Free Agents Podcast, um, and they've got Lee Ellis, the Australian, on that podcast, and a couple of Canadians and a couple of Americans. And as they were doing their introductions on their podcast today. You know, the Canadians and the Americans are all glum. And then it gets to the Aussie and he's like, G'day, you bloody legends. That's a beautiful day. <laughs> he's so stoked, so happy to be alive at this point in time where the Aussies, the boomers are doing so well. Uh, like we said, they play Spain tomorrow night. Um, but like how slash why have Australia been so good? Um, I think the first easy to point out... Um, Bit of criteria there is Paddy Mills, who clearly harvested the souls of the most legendary and skillful basketball players of our time <laughs> before the tournament and sort of Space Jam bundled them up into himself. <laughs> and he's been absolutely killing it this tournament. Like, I'm, you know, I'm just reading off his stats here. He's third in points per game at 22.2 points per game, 51.2% from the field, 40% from three. So he's, he's having a 50 40 90 tournament there, shooting 90.3% from the free throw line. But like last night, he was James Harden incarnate. Like he stepped back threes. There was some curry to his game. You never see anything like that from Patty Mills in the NBA at all. But you know, like you said, he dons the green and gold, and it's like he's juicing. 
he's on steroids like he's just <laughs> fucking killing it and it's so <laughs> so good to see i love cheering for patty mills the space <sighs> the space jam uh, equivalent yeah is perfect yeah, it's, like, it's amazing it's like he's just to take it at all but yeah now look Pat, patty's always been an excellent player but you're right he just whatever for whatever reason his role in the spurs and just however like he he is now just isn't is nowhere near as good as this guy which you know doesn't make any sense really but that's that's the fever tournament for you look i love that he's like he's he's definitely like the leader he's the one that they look to in the crunch time to like really come through and, and get things done but like he's no he's not afraid to delegate either like as good as patty has been he knows when to take over but he's not like it's not like the james harden patty mills like show you know what i mean maybe to a degree it was last night but then that france game um two nights back um when just aaron baines just made me like was weeping afterwards because i can't believe <laughs> yeah. we, he's not playing for us anymore because oh, five of seven so from three yeah. took these three awesome charges and just was just so 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 good um fantastic i mean joe ingles outstanding as well della vadova i mean you're having flashbacks to the, the that final series where he was he was something for about 10 minutes and um yeah look i just i'm i'm very very happy to be to be watching this team because we're just playing so well and the, to have a game against spain coming up um after what happened at the rio olympics is um you know it's a perfect opportunity to really you know secure the nation's first i think we haven't won a medal at any major tournament before so we get past this and yeah we're at least going to get one so and i think we'll win gold if we can get past spain i really do man that would make me so happy and watching these games it it's reminiscent of watching Celtics games. Like not, nothing gets me as fired up yeah. as watching a Celtics game. And like you hang on every stop, on every bucket, yeah. every substitution, every um, like glance, curious glance from a player. Well, you know, what, what was that about? What's he thinking? Like, is the chemistry okay? <laughs> like you hang on absolutely everything. And I'm totally like that with these Boomers games. And that's so good and so rare and to be cherished in this, this off season. So, um, so yeah, very happy about that. Um, I had. It just comes back to like the purity of it, though. Like, yes. You can't trade Petty Mills for anyone. No, you can't. Petty Mills can't go sign somewhere else. And like, the NBA is what it is, and part of the nature of it is part of what attracts us to it. Like, your teams can change. We're not forever. Like, if you're New Zealand, it's very, very hard to find a seven footer. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's mm-hmm. nice that in the NBA you can change your roster, but. There's a reason sports started in the first place. There's a reason sport people got interested in it, and it's because these athletes represent us in some sense, you know? And, and you know, when you're cheering for Australia, there's just, it's, um, well, when you guys are cheering for Australia, <laughs> not so much when I am. <laughs> going to walk that back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Can we edit that out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cut that, cut that. Um, but, when they're doing that, it's it's actually getting back to why sports became a thing in the first place. Yeah, you know, like you're really back at the source of it. You know, mm. yeah, it's good fun. Um, I had written down uh, Kareem Abdul Jabain's. AKA Baines Allen, AKA Magic Bainson, which I think is the sort of the perfect combo of um of the the player archetypes embodied by Aaron Baines weirdly in this tournament. Like he has been killing it. Um uh, I don't think anyone could have predicted um his level of like kind of actual dominance in some games. You know, going back to what we said before about it being a very a tournament that favors the talented big man. Like Baines is, is thriving in this situation. We've got to point out uh, Joe Ingles, Point Jingles, as I've got him written down here as he's had games where the scoring output isn't 
like what you'd expect, you know, given what we've seen from him in Utah and in previous tournaments. But he's been really effective as a playmaker. There's been games or at least long stretches in games where he hasn't scored, but he's a primary ball handler, which I wasn't expecting. I don't think I've seen that from him before. And he's very effective, very like cognizant of what's going on around him and like a, a very intelligent pass maker. I, I was just surprised to see that. And yeah, it's just another layer of what makes it so fun to cheer for. To me, like Ingles is the ultimate Aussie. Yeah. Like he is. Yeah. I think I've said this before on the pod, but he's like, Everything that I wish, everything, every trait of Australia that I wish New Zealand, the New Zealand national character had, that you guys have, <laughs> that we kind of don't, is kind of embodied in Ingalls. Just like, he's so yeah. confident. He is so confident. Like, yeah. it cracked me up. Um, he hit a finger roll on um, Gobert. Like, I don't know if you saw this, like, it was just a light finger roll, and he stared him down. Yeah. Like, he just... <laughs> He's talking <laughs> shit out there the whole like time. Like, he just yacked it on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, my favorite thing about Joe Ingalls is he just looks like he works at your local pub. Like he's just, he's like there in the afternoon, you know, just feeding the local the local drunks. And he's an NBA player worth millions of dollars, and he's really good. He's been he's so awesome. good. He's been so good. Yeah, he's insanely talented. Uh, Delis, uh, Matthew Delavadova's new shooting mechanics is worth a call out as well. Um, I made a, a now regretful tweet about a quarter into the first Boomers game where I was like, Delhi can't shoot, like he can't he can't penetrate from the perimeter, he's useless out there. And then I think after that point he went five from six from the field from beyond must the arc have read it. in that game, uh, and just like killed it, has been killing it for the most part from beyond the arc for for the rest of the series so far. Um Delhi typically hasn't been a very good shooter. Um, so again, it's another case weirdly of these these players who are just like going well above and beyond what's expected of them in this FIFA tournament, which again is what makes it so fun. Um, if you haven't picked up on it already, like we're all just having so much fun watching this tournament. Like it is seriously great <laughs> and excellent off-season material. And so perfect for you guys in Australia with the tip-off times. Like in New Zealand, just that like the first game tonight kicks off at 11, which is like annoying because it's just late enough that you can stay. You'll be up for the tip off yeah. guaranteed, but one o'clock, one o'clock final buzzer is really late, man. <laughs> Whereas you guys have it made. You got games starting at like at six and eight o'clock, right? Like, yeah. Oh, it's starting. Boomer started at 11 last night, but um, yeah, it is. Yeah. A bit better. A bit better. Oh, it's great. It's perfect. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's awesome for you guys. I, I kind of, I like the 11 a.m. NBA games. <laughs> I kind of, you know. You're like watching it on your phone yeah. at work. Well, like, especially <laughs> on a weekend, it's like, you know, you might get up, you might go shoot some hoops, grab a coffee, grab some breakfast, and then settle in at about 10, 11 a.m. until the afternoon, and then, you know, go out and do something at night, and it's kind of like the perfect filler for your day. You know, game starts at 9 p.m. on a work night. I'm like, I'm a little bit tired. I'd like to go to bed. Now i got to stay up and watch this game. It's different. I'm not all used these, to it. All, all these Americans listening are like, oh, I didn't know you know yeah, how we yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, like, when they play in, in, on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Now you know how we feel, these prime time games on at the, the perfect time each day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, couple of Reddit shout outs. User always never Joshin writes, I feel Ben Simmons will regret not playing for this team. And just on that, there's been some some conversation around whether or not the addition of Ben Simmons would be detrimental to this Boomers team. Uh, quick yay or nay on that one. I feel like it couldn't hurt to add, you know, an all-star, an NBA all-star to this team. 
Yeah, I would love I would love to tell him to piss off. Like I really would, but nah, <laughs> nah. I think I think him I think him in this team like takes us to another level. Really do, regrettably. But um, I have a strong opinion about this. I feel strongly that Australia is much better constructed for international basketball with him not in there. Mm. Him not being able to shoot is fatal. Mm-hmm. Is he going to play the five? Like, is he going to be a rim runner? Because yeah. if he's not, honestly, he's hurting you. And um. Like Ben Simmons, if you want to beat up on New Zealand and crush us by twenty, like he's going to be awesome for that, you know. But he's he's a total. He's just going to honestly work out as a liability to you guys and what makes you effective in close games. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel really strongly that Australia has been better served by him not being there. Hmm. Yeah, it's, an, it's a delicate ecosystem, man. That team, and um, I, I think he would disrupt it. Yeah, I mean, we saw what happened with Giannis. Like, they weren't particularly impactful as a team or him as an individual in this tournament. You you need to be able to shoot. Um, otherwise, your spacing gets all messed up. And yeah, look what happened to Greece. And, and there's also this thing when, when they're the all-star. Like, Greece, Greece is stacked. Greece has heaps of great pros, you know? And you could almost see them. It's like when you're playing with someone who's way better than you, you feel bad if you're not throwing them the ball all the time. Uh-huh. And I think... <laughs> It, it almost seemed like there was a bit of that and the, and the team felt unbalanced, you know, that everyone comes out of it. I think it's why LeBron teams struggle sure. sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Giannis, I, I, Giannis yeah. and Papi Giannis on the one team couldn't get it done. So that was an interesting <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> so another Reddit user comment, finally, Cody B writes, there were stretches there referring to the Australia-Czech Republic game, especially in the third where Bogut, Delhi, Jingles, Patty, and Baines slash Golding hit the ultimate synergy. Every board belonged to the Boomers. The ball was being hawked all the way up the court with some incredible denial and super interior defense. Kind of just recapping on everything we just spoke about, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it really is a callback to the um, like these long-standing systems for these FIBA teams that are, are clearly superior to an assembly of individual talent, which is the case for Team USA. It's it's so similar to the NCAA tournament where you get you know like these mid-major teams, right, who have been together for four years and they go up against a team of one and duns and they're really competitive and they win. And an an amount that sort of is sort of in excess of their, I guess, talent, right? But it's 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 not five individuals playing against five individuals; it's two teams playing against two teams, and that continuity mm. really counts. And I feel like you, you're getting essentially the same thing happening here. You know, you're getting the one and duns in the states playing against you know squads that have just been together for so long, mm. and um, it's just such a disadvantage to them. It's it's just as well we need. Like, it's I'm just so happy that the tournament's so wide open now. I love Argentina. Oh my gosh, Campazzo, man, that dude is the man. Yeah, you, you, he is so good. I've never I've never seen him play before in my life. Um, yeah, he's just a gem. I, can we sign him? Can Celtic sign him? <laughs> that would be nice. I feel like the Spurs are probably already all over that, um, given their history yeah, with Euro players. Too, yeah. Louis Scola, who I thought had Loved stepped him, off the it? edge of the flat earth uh, yeah. with the haircut. Didn't, reckon, didn't recognize <laughs> yeah. him with a haircut. Yeah, no. and he got another haircut mid-tournament as well. So very, very unrecognizable, but his game um, is all too familiar. He's a very silky smooth big man. And um, 
it's just it's just so funny how it goes to show where you can you can plug any in the case of these international teams any ex NBA you know near all star caliber player into a team and design an offense around them and that they're still so freakishly good like once mm. you've got that talent and you know how to play the game um, like it's just amazing how effective these guys could still be on this stage it's mm. really really cool to see and like the case of Brazil as well. Um, the Brazilian blur, um, spacing on his name. Um, Leandro Barbosa. Thank you. And, and the big man. <laughs> Anderson Varejao. Thank you. God, don't know why these names aren't coming to me. Um, like Those guys are long gone from the NBA and yet uh, very effective. Like Anderson Varejao has been posting dudes up, getting his in the paint, rebounding like by all accounts, by all visual accounts from where I'm sitting, like a very effective FIBA player. Um, and again, it's another guy that yeah. you just thought was, you know, done and dusted and, and here they are so it's like what joe was saying earlier about the institutional sort of experience you know a lot of these guys are like you know veterans like real veterans they've been around long enough and they've they're savvy enough to like adapt their game to like a more basic well basic you know just a more team oriented style yeah. so it's like yeah like the older guys like who have like you know the prestige or have played in like the big games and big um like nba and whatnot you know they're the ones that seem to be shining in this tournament any merit to the idea of like a UEFA Champions League of international club teams? Or is that just going to revert back to what we've seen in NBA preseason matchups? But if we did it with FIBA rules, do you think that would be competitive at all? Would it be worthwhile? I'd like to see it as like an experiment, sure. So you would have, what would you have? If you had like 16 teams or thereabouts, you'd have like the, the, the West Conference finalists. East Conference finalists and then like the the best like eight other teams from Europe and then they'd all go into pools and stuff. Yeah, it would definitely be worth the shot. It'd be worth looking at. I mean, to be honest, like we they've got the European Championship for basketball teams anyway. Yeah. So like it would just be it would just be seeing what the experiment would be like with the NBA teams in there. Basically, that would be the selling point. I would definitely want to watch it, whether or not it would end up being like an evenly keeled uh, tournament or that have some longevity to it would be another thing. But yeah, I would definitely be down to see it. Like at least as a one off. I, my instinct says that it would be like the preseason, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, strange that like the breakers hung with the Phoenix Suns last preseason. Totally, you know, like, I, so I don't know, but my instinct is it wouldn't. You know, what I'd love to see, and like the basketball tournament, I think is supposed to be kind of like what this is. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see State of O for basketball. <laughs> oh yeah, how awesome would that be? Yeah, yeah, a lot of states, but a lot of states in the US. Like, <laughs> but like it would have to be like a big, something. Yeah. It'd have to be a knockout tournament, right? Like, yeah, they could know. have like college alumni. Yeah, that would be actually that's pretty much what yeah. the basketball tournament is. But like, uh-huh. they don't do it exactly like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but state of O would be sick, man. For for basketball, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and then would you lump all the international players into one state and also compete in that tournament, or would well, they maybe revert? that's the future of international bar- like yeah. international basketball? I mean, California is pretty good, you know, <laughs> but like that would actually be a super even tournament. Like if all fifty two states were, if the US was broken up into fifty two parts, yeah, <laughs> that might help us. But but I'd just be interested to see an intra American competition, like state of O. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm just all for more basketball, especially during yeah. this uh, off season. And you know, unfortunately, this this tournament is about to wrap up on on Sunday with, uh, I guess we can call it the grand final, which is cool. The 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 medal game, the gold medal game, is probably the the better name for it. Um, it's all going to wrap up pretty soon, but we do have some dates coming up here for the Celtics. Only 16 days until training camp. It's September 
28, I believe, is the, the kickoff date for training camp. That's when we get, you know, all the spicy media day um, insights into what's going on at that new Outback Center. We finally get to see the whole team together, you know, the Spaceman and Grant Williams and all these like, characters that we've sort of been admiring from afar um, all finally come together and, and start to learn the system and, and hopefully cohese and, and come up with something better than the the pure shite that we saw last year. Uh, and then 24 days from now, October 6th, first preseason game. That's it. 24 days preseason Celtics basketball. Um, can't close. wait. It's coming up. It's almost done. Yeah. It's I, Normally, I'm hanging out for media day. Eh? Like Media day is like Christmas. And this <laughs> year, I'm like, oh, I've barely noticed the off-season. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah, in a good way though, right? Yeah, yeah. Like totally. it's been a smooth ride. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Go and follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. Please subscribe, rate, like, upvote, whatever it is you can do. That's all super helpful and is very much appreciated from our standpoint. Jackson, Joe, Serbia or the USA tonight? What are your thoughts, predictions? Begrudgingly got to say USA. Hmm. Man, I think Serbia's going to want this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, both teams got a lot to prove, so it's going to be interesting. Enjoy the rest of the tournament while it lasts. Have a great weekend, which is coming up, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks again. Go Celtics. Peace.